When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Penham here as always. And of course, after a long break uh, due to coronavirus and other needs, not from us, of course, but due to the football club and not playing Newcastle, we're back with another uh, match reaction, match review show. And of course, I'm here with my good friend, Danny Raza. Danny, how you doing? I'm doing well, Cole. How are you? I'm not too bad. Not too bad. It feels a little weird. Like we haven't done this together for probably almost three weeks. And now that we're doing it with cameras and we're looking at each other, I keep looking at my mic instead of you, and it just feels really unnatural, so I have to get used to this. So bear with me if I sound a little clueless at times and trying to do two things at once, which I'm not good at multitasking, apparently. Cole's but anyways, hypnotized yeah. by the new fade that I got yesterday. Uh, I got a haircut yesterday, so... I'm mesmerized now by Now the UK is out of lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh but i'm mesmerized by your beauty buddy don't worry that that beard is beard goals for life nonetheless i don't know are you do you have an egg in your drink i'm sorry what is in your drink it's a, it's a lemon dude okay it's a you lemon you okay. never put a lemon inside water before no 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 anyways this has nothing to do with villa but nonetheless i saw his drink it looked like an egg but of course we are here for <laughs> wolves nil aston villa one on world guys he steps up to the spot in extra time in the second half to get us that crucial win albeit we're down to 10 men for about what five minutes or so a great comeback loss so danny i'll put it to you first because i know when we talked last um your whole i wouldn't say criticism but one of your thoughts was we still haven't kind of come back from something some kind of adversity would you classify Mm. that as this i mean i guess so but i i I, at the same time 84 minutes 84 minutes yeah 84th minute 85th minute douglas louise gets sent off and you're thinking, right, you gotta hold hold on for ten minutes. Like teams do that. You'd be expected to do that. I think if you're a Premier League side, you're playing against another Premier League side and you're, you're down to ten men with that long to go, you should be able to hold that out. But the fact is we didn't hold it out. We we went and scored. Now, Cole, look and I, I, I don't know how far into the game we want to analyze right now, but we could have just easily gone the other way, right? Oh yeah. But we're like Villa. Villa right now, they are a ninety-five minute team because that's three games in a row. Villa, you know, refereeing decisions aside, I've battled right <laughs> on until the end. <laughs> yeah, let's you know, I've battled right on until the end. Right, stoppage time. We had the stoppage time penalty denial, stoppage time penalty denial, and this time it's stoppage time winner. So it was bound to come at some point. But yeah, I I don't know if this if this is something I'd classify as coming back from adversity. If Wolves had gone and scored first, I'm not sure Villa would have come back. It was that kind of game. Yeah, I mean, well, let's uh, we don't really have to go any order, but I think it would only be right and fitting to do so um, to give credit to a debutant, that being uh, Jacob Ramsey. I believe that was his first ever start in the Premier League, if I'm correct. So. With that being said, a big step up for him, of course. Trezeguet misses out through, I believe it was injury. I'm not even sure what the exactly the injury was, unless you know, Danny. But, of course, uh, that's changed there. Troyer comes in on the right as well. So, two changes. So, kind of initially, what were your thoughts on the lineup? 
Yeah, so I think um, just like you, just like anybody else, I was shocked to, to see Jacob Ramsey starting because you'd have thought, well, you know, if, if, if Trezeguet wasn't going to be playing, you'd have thought, if Trezeguet was going to be playing, you'd have thought it either been Bertrand Traore or Conor Haurahan. Conor Haurahan obviously played in the last game, starting the last game. But for me, I wasn't against it. I wasn't against Jacob Ramsey starting. It's, I don't want to take away from Conor Haurahan here. You know, he has, he has obvious qualities, but, and, and I think for what it's worth, he would have worked quite well in a game against Wolves. But I think for me, we didn't miss him. We didn't yeah. miss him with Jacob Ramsey playing. I thought that was the position where, you know, Haurahan does tend to go missing in games sometimes. It, it, you know, 90, 90 minutes go on and he, he has a couple of good moments, but a lot of the time you don't realise he's there, right? So if, if, if another midfielder comes in there, Douglas Louise, John McGinn come in and do the hard work, well, you know, that gives gives you the option there to have a little bit more of a creative player. To his credit, I thought he had a good game. Maybe ever so slightly outshined by the other teenager that was making their first start and that was Wolves' uh, Fabio Silva but uh, yeah I, th- I, thought, I thought that he showed that he could keep on going until the end I was nervous when he was still on the pitch and we were down to 10 men though yeah actually I think I messaged you as soon as uh, Dougie Louise got sent off and I'm thinking why would you leave I think we had two midfielders on yellows at that point so why would you have three or two of your three midfielders on yellows and you're yeah. not changing? It? And I, I think that maybe comes back to a previous point you've made. I don't know how many times um, over this season, especially with Dean Smith and late substitutions. I mean, mm. if, if we skip all the way kind of to the end, the camera comes on for like all of, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. two minutes, maybe. I mean, I feel a little bit bad for the guy, but it wasn't two minutes, Cole. It was like 10 seconds. Oh, maybe it was 10 seconds. Like, Honestly, uh, I can't that. remember. I was at that point, I wasn't even focusing on what's going on. It was just hold out. Let's just, let's just get this and let's get these three points. Let's get the hell out of here kind of thing. But no, it's, it's um it, a little, it's a little frustrating because if you look at from that perspective, if you take Louise off, in my opinion, probably should have been brought off five to 10 minutes before that even happened. You have her for mm-hmm. next game. I mean, you can't predict these things, so it, it is what it is. But, I mean, let's get in the officiating next because the first half, let's be honest, there wasn't really much going on there. Um, very back and forth. A uh, few chances here and there. I don't even know if Villa registered a shot on goal in the first half. I don't know if you... I think it was. Was one there one? On target. Maybe. I think it was a shot on target. I think it might have been one shot on target. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm not sure though. Yeah, exactly. So there wasn't much. I mean, Wolves had a few chances, but let's talk about the officiating of Mike Dean. Uh, the man was throwing out cards like it was hundred or one dollar bills um, at a very fancy club that uh, men go to, those gentlemen's clubs or something like that. I don't want to say Mike Dean goes to those clubs or anything like that, but uh, I don't know what I'm saying. What? But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> He was card happy. That's what I'm saying. We have a clip to put on Twitter now. So there we go. Um, <laughs> so you were like, I want to make this joke. I, I need to, be- I need to, I need to make, <laughs> I need to turn the Molyneux into a strip club. <laughs> Do you ever notice how I try to backtrack on things and I realize how stupid it sounds? <laughs> that, that, that's one of those things, but yeah. So anyway, 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 anyways, anyway, anyways, how many cards was there? What? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, including red cards would be, I think 11 red or 11 cards in total between the two teams. Uh, yeah. I don't know how you, how you count yellow cards. I, I do you count yellow cards after they've been turned into red cards. That's, that's where yeah, I get confused. I would say so. It's two cards, right? So 
Like he's he's had to pull it out twice. So I would can I'd consider those two cards. I mean, you would say nine if you don't. So eleven or nine. There were a lot of yellow cards. There were a lot of yellow cards. Yes. And 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 uh, Mike Dean actually pulled out his three thousandth yellow card of his career. So sorry, <laughs> might have been in the Premier League. Oh, he might be God. in the Premier League, but yeah, three thousand yellow cards. So I mean, it was a milestone for him. But yeah, there was a lot of them, uh, and I, I think a lot of those were quite soft. Now, was it in the back of his mind that this is a derby? And yeah, this game is getting a little bit rough. Um, and I don't want it to... Look, some referees are just a little bit more lenient with these things. Some referees are a little bit stricter with these things. Was it consistent across both teams? Probably. I don't yeah. I don't think... I don't, I, don't, I don't think, you know, Villa were punished any more than Wolves were. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, no. I mean, like, I think the only thing that comes to mind, and I, we'll, we'll discuss it now, Danny, we might as well, would be... I guess the only really penalty shout of the game, um, I'm not even sure the Wolves defender it went off of, to be honest, but it was like a chicken arm. I don't even know. I don't even know how he did it. That that yeah. was a penalty. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I can, to be honest, I can see like why it is. It's clear. But like at the same time, I'm in a weird way, I'm almost glad that I'm not saying I'm glad it wasn't called, but I'm glad it didn't take like 10 minutes to figure it out. You know what I mean? It was called one yeah, thing or the other. It, it, it just went. And I mean, like, in a weird way, I'm happy to see it go that way, just like for a, a quick decision. And that's all we asked for. I mean, well, I think yeah. what happened there was, I think the ball just didn't go out of play. No, I don't the think ball it just did didn't either. Because I, I remember waiting for ages. And then well, Adama Traore is down the other side about to put a ball into the box. Well, that's which what I went mean. on for ages. That's what I'm frustrated about. So like, okay, so say if there's a, like a handball kind of accusation and the play, mm-hmm. like, play doesn't stop for 15 minutes. Are you going to pull it back for a penalty? No, no, it's like so. It's first of all, play will stop, right? Yeah, okay. But the way that, the way that it work is the way that it will work is that well, they're looking, right? The VAR officials are looking. The referee's going about his job. Yeah, Wolves carry on playing. Wolves have the ball now. They're they they're, they're playing. The ball doesn't go out go out of play. Yeah, but the thing is, the matter of the fact is, the people in the VAR room, they've they've looked at that and they've gone well we're happy with the way the referee's gone. So we're not going to pull it back. There's no need to, the referee's not going to, not going to stop the game and go, wait, 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 boys, boys, I was right. Not <laughs> Imagine, actually, Mike Dean might do that. <laughs> Mike Dean might do that. Actually, no, 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 no. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> guys, 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 I was right. <laughs> Drop ball. <laughs> Drop, just <laughs> drops it. <laughs> but that's, 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 that's basically why, that's basically why it wasn't pulled back. If it had been the other way, it might be that, yeah, it would have taken a bit longer. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, aside from that, the, the, the first half was the first half. Like, there just wasn't much action. It was a lot – like, it's pleasing to see that we can go toe-to-toe with clubs like Wolves. And you kind of look at this as another game of maybe a quote-unquote measuring stick. Of course, Wolves have had the, the kind of – the joy of things over the last few years, of course, and of course, new ownership, instant promotion, uh, lots of high quality players. Now they're kind of, as I spoke to uh, a Wolves fan earlier in the week on the preview show, um, they're kind of managing expectations at this point. They're, they're selling a few of their big, bigger players. They're trying to buy younger and invest more in youth and things like that. And also we're seeing that on our, like on our end as well. So it, now it's kind of like, okay, how far, how close can we truly get to them? So, it's interesting seeing that aspect and it's pleasing to see. And I mean, everyone says it's Jack Grealish FC, but Danny, I think the thing we have to get to next is I think yesterday was Emmy Martinez AFC 
AVFC, I should say. Um, Jesus, that man is magical. <laughs> what are your thoughts on him? Yeah. yeah, very good performance. He was man of the match, wasn't he? He was, he was my man of the match as well. I thought that, um, you know, that that was a performance becoming of a of a twenty million pound goalkeeper. Do you know what I mean? Um, and and I think to be fair as well, a lot of the saves that he made were routine, but he pulled them off with such confidence. For me, it was that shot from help me out here. Was it Neto? The in one the in box? the middle of the box. Yeah, like was that Neto or was it Paul Dents? Um, if it was Neto, I'd be a little bit annoyed, to be honest, because I put him in my team thinking we'd just concede one and it might be him. <laughs> well, because they were playing him up top and he starts in the midfield in FPL. So uh, interesting fact, if you didn't know that. Um, so, yeah, I'm not too sure. It's one of the two, but the, yeah, the, what a hit, honestly. The one where he flaps it, flaps it with his with his left hand. Like he hit it and well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just he just looks so athletic as well. Like he was diving for, um, for for shots like it was easy. And you know that big frame of Emmy Martinez just makes you feel so sh- uh, makes you feel so safe. Do you know what I mean? It makes you feel so comfortable with him in the in the net. Well, see, that's the thing too. When I when I look at him, like I don't, he's matured so well, and I think it's the amount of loan experiences and playing for a vast group of clubs whether it be in i think league one championship of course uh, a few games for arsenal i think he went to play in La liga as well um i don't know if there's a few other stops in there as well but like he's so diverse it just there's no instance in my mind whenever i look at him thinking uh, he looks a little unsure he always seems to know what he's doing and kind of never second doubt like second guesses himself and and i, I wouldn't i don't want to put any doubt on tom heaton but i think we saw a few times last season where it gets to tom heaton so I think that's definitely a quality where if you look at it, Emmy definitely kind of takes the cake on it. No, I think I think I think that he's probably the best keeper we've had since Friedel. Do we have the best I, I duo anyway. right now in the Premier League? Do you think? If you best inc- duo. If, if, if in terms of goalkeepers, so if, if, if when Tom Heen comes back, he's probably going to be number two. You would think, unless things change in January and he leaves, you never know. Uh, maybe he wants to be a starter elsewhere or something. Honestly, you never know. If you look at Emmy Martinez and Heaton, uh, on paper, paper, yes, but (laughs) 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 they spent a lot of money on a keeper that can't even save a balloon, so I don't know. I'd rather have Kepa Arizabalaga in my in goal right now than an injured Tom Heaton, so... But no, I'm saying a fully fit Tom Heaton and a fully fit Uh, Emmy Martinez. How how far do those two go up as a duo? Like, really? To be honest... you forget, don't you? You forget how good Tom Heaton was. He was, I, he was good. I think we have a better goalkeeping duo if they're both fit and healthy than we do than Arsenal does. But we can't play them both, huh? Yeah, no. Well, imagine that. Centre back, maybe. I'm, imagine <laughs> you could play two goalkeepers in goal. You made the goal a little bit bigger. <laughs> oh, don't be given. Uh, don't be given uh, Jose Mourinho any ideas. No, oh, he's a brilliant influencer nowadays. By the way, oh my gosh, <laughs> I think he was sponsored by a chair the other day. Um, like almost oh, like really? a gaming chair. Yeah, and he puts it on his Instagram. I was like, he's a social media influencer now. <laughs> like literally, he, like it's funny. Oh my his God. Instagram is funny, man. It is oh. funny. Honestly, like, I I think he has to be one of those people that no one has had a turnaround in terms of perception and how people see him as quickly as after um the uh, talking uh, Tottenham do- documentary came out. Like honestly, yeah, like, I mean, crazy. I think I think the other thing with Mourinho is right. And you think about I, I love how we're just going away from the game. Right <laughs> I mean, I, I think the other thing with Mourinho is right. Like, it's, he's of that era 
for us, right? Where it's nostalgia. Yeah. Like probably when 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 people sort of our age were starting to watch football, he was like the coach at Chelsea, and you know yeah. he had this whole aura about him. But there you go. From one Portuguese manager to another, though, Cole. Yeah. Yes. Nuno. Nuno as a goalkeeper, he'd be very proud of Emi Martinez. Yes. He'd have been very. I, I think you know he. he, 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 he that that's probably a. That's probably a performance that 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 you know would have upset him. <laughs> oh <laughs> you know yeah, because 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 I think Wolves right in in general they 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 looked good going forward. They and, they were better. And they were like, missing Raúl Jiménez. Lightly, that's yeah, basically yeah. it. Like they they had way better chances than we had. Honestly, besides I think uh, Dougie Louise kind of hit one that just went by. I think it was the left post, um, and I mean like just I'm, I'm thinking of that one. Um, aside like from Luiz? that. I think yeah, he had a he had a pot from just outside the box. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, besides that, to be honest, I can't think of too many instances where I'm thinking we had a clear cut opportunity. I mean, there's a few kind of scrambles in the box. You never know what can happen with those. But uh, I, I, you know what? Actually, the one thing I did want to talk about, and I just remembered, Matty Target. I think a lot of things, a lot of people kind of took this to last season when Target kind of went off injured <laughs> because he was tortured <laughs> by Adama Traore, and then poor Neil Taylor had to save the day. Um, honestly. Target oh, had him in his pocket. I, I can't think of too many instances yeah, where does. like that man has grown leaps and bounds in terms of his ability just from the start of this season alone. I think a lot of people are saying we need a new left back. And uh, yeah, I think he's proven Danny that uh, no, he he's up for the job. I mean, th- things are always subject to change, but what were your thoughts on his performance? Yeah, he had, a, he had a good game. He had a good game, but I think you know, perhaps you know, we talk about Villa not creating many shot, uh, many, many chances. I think it might be that Target was kind of instructed to kind of stay back a little bit more. I didn't really see him link up with Grealish much in, in terms of his attacking game. I'm not trying to yeah. turn that into a criticism of Matty Target. I think I think it was probably in Smith's agenda to say, look, you've got to shut off Adama. You know, don't don't let him don't let him run through. To be fair, there were a couple of times when Adama got through, but uh decision making, just decision making from the guy just sometimes just isn't isn't all there. Like Villa were four on three at one point and he Last, oh, he's the target. I think for most of the game, had, had, had you know, he had him in his pocket. Yeah, he had a good game. He's just a pace. Like I hate saying this, but he is so just a pace merchant. Merchant, I should he's say. He's not a pace merchant. He's not a pace merchant. Uh, like, he, he does rack up for goals and assists as well. I don't think he scored for over a year in the Premier League. I'm pretty sure the stat is. Has he not? So yeah, let's uh, let's move on from target and triore to uh, Tyrone Mings. I mean, um, it's one I kind of mentioned to you yesterday, Danny, on Saturday that I wanted to discuss with you because I, I know you you put some thoughts out on Twitter and you get mixed reactions sometimes, and you say stuff to say the least. So um, I'll give you the floor. What what are your thoughts on uh, Tyrone Mings? Every time I I criticize a player, right? I'm not criticized, right? Look, pick out a flaw in what a player has, yeah? People come at me like, oh, what are you hating on the team for? He had a good game. I'm like, look, I know Tyrone Mings is talented. He's a bloody good defender. He's such a good player, and we're lucky to have him at Villa, right? But those mistakes are getting frustrating. They really are, yeah? There was one moment in that first half where he dribbles the ball up into the halfway line, loses it, and Wolves have the opportunity to kind of break through. They don't. Yeah, that's when I tweeted it. Goes on, by the way, Tyrone Rings to have such a good game. Because if it wasn't Emmy Martinez, you'd probably look at Tyrone Rings to be man of the match, right? Yeah. Got a couple of really, really important blocks in there. Defended really well. But look, man, it's every game. Like, no matter how good a defender is, 
they cannot be making those mistakes on a regular basis. They can't be they can't be passing opponents through. They can't be getting dispossessed in their own half regularly. Like not you know not to a point where it sets up a scoring opportunity. That's that's my only thing with Mings. So I was saying that you know he's he's playing for England and it's probably a little bit easier for him that way because you know there's more there's better better players around there to kind of clean it up if he if he does lose it probably gives him a little bit more confidence. But yeah, man, it's just just the thing that's been playing on playing on my mind. It seems to happen every game. Yeah, I mean you don't see Konza making that mistake. That's what I'm no, saying. No, no, and I think I don't think it's bold to say this. And to be honest, I think every Villa fan hopes this happens. Eventually, you'd have to say. Well, you'd hope Kanz is going to be better than Mings. So, uh, see, the thing with Mings for me is is he's high risk, high reward. He's gonna make he's gonna make a lot of blocks. That's what we've seen and expected from his time at the club so far. He's also gonna make a few plays and passes and movements that you're gonna sit there thinking, okay, that's a little dodgy. But if it comes off, it's great. But if it doesn't, it's gonna get ridiculed to hell. So. But that's how he is. And that seems to be how he's always been. So especially at this point in his career, because how old is he now? 26? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. But is that, is that something you can afford to be as a, def- as, as a centre-back, though? Like Apparently. If you're a left-back, left you think, okay, oh, fine. You know, he's, he goes forward. That's what a full-back does. But well, how many attacks is Ming setting up? He's fairly mobile, right? So I think for an inter- the international setup, it works perfectly. Because if you're, especially with how Southgate likes to play, if you're going to play a three at the bat with three center backs. It works brilliantly because he has Mm, more cover. He can be afforded to make those mistakes. And to be fair, we did that through parts of last season where it worked at the start when we did things like that. And then it just fell to pieces uh, because we didn't really have the players to really work that for the long term. And I think it also comes down to cover. And like you've said brilliantly, brilliantly there, Danny, it's, it's it has to be like if he has no support around him if he makes some mistakes it's going to be blown up 10 times more than when you do have players to cover you and when you have target bombing forward as much as he likes to do and supporting jack out wide it's going to leave a lot more space so it's tricky and it's how we play too i mean the whole team is kind of at fault with certain things as well sometimes we get too forward there was a few instances yesterday i think one was called for offside or got called back for something where our whole defensive line is in the wolves half and like way too deep when you still have, I think their whole front line behind ours in their own half. And that's an issue. You mean, wait, you mean way too, way too high. You mean? Sorry. Yeah. Ba- yeah. Basically. Yeah. I basically explained that way too much detail that probably made it confusing. Um, but yeah, like you, we play too high of a line sometimes. And I, I think that exemplifies it even more. So when it comes to Mings, there's instances where he saves the day, but there's also a bunch of instances where he causes it. So it's kind of a give and take with him. I mean, eventually, hopefully, we're going to evolve into, unless he involves it to the next player, you never know. We're going to get someone maybe even better than him. Like, we're getting to that stage where you think every season we're going to improve. So something has to give or yeah, take. But I think the thing with Mings is I, I don't think... I don't, I don't. I don't think Villa needs to replace him. I think. No. I think it's one of those things where, and it won't happen overnight. But I think it's one of those things which Dean Smith has to identify and think. Well, okay, so that's one of those things Mings has to cut out of his game, because as good a defender as he is, if that causes Villa to concede goals and Villa don't answer back, well, it doesn't look good. 
And that's that's the thing. I think with Mings, it's going to be it's more of a numbers thing. I think it's more of a look. Just the way we play, we play out from the back. That's what we do as as Aston Villa, right? And you know, you don't want to discourage your centre backs. You don't want to discourage your defenders from continuing to do that. But maybe it's if they increase the number of times they got rid of it quicker, or um, if if they if they release the ball a little bit earlier, perhaps those things wouldn't happen. It's besides the point. Didn't get punished for it at Wolves, but we have been punished for it in recent weeks where we have kind of fallen asleep at the start of um, games and at the start of the second half. To be fair, and to Villa's credit, we looked very, very solid at both those time periods of the game against Wolves. Very solid. Clearly worked on. So yeah, let's let's move on to, I guess, our, our next main topic. And I, I think that goes down to the goal. I mean, even to kind of backtrack literally what I just said there, brilliantly enough, um, great job, Cole. Uh, nonetheless, like that whole play, as soon as Dougie Louise gets sent off, we just, we kept going for it. We kept going forward. We kept pushing. And to be honest, that's, that's another thing where we discussed earlier. I think it was on the first thing we discussed <laughs> actually in this podcast, Danny, where it's another thing of growth and almost realization that we don't have to sit back. We don't have to crumble. We just kept going for it and it pays off. McGinn gets fouled in the box we get a penalty. You think, okay, well, I think a lot of people were sitting there thinking, okay, I hope Ollie doesn't take this right now. I don't know where my confidence is with him with penalties. Jack's probably yeah. going to step up, but it's on where Algazi that takes it. Of course, I think, I think it was after the game. Algazi said that uh, Jack basically offered it up to him and he took it and he's see, he saw how high or so. Wow. Saw how hard he was working um, on penalties in uh, training and gave it to him. I mean, what, what does that say for one about Jack Grealish? And two, what does that say about Onral Ghazi converting that so perfectly? Yeah, I mean, I mean, first of all, you've got to almost give Jack Grealish the assist for that. Uh, sorry, John McGinn. Yeah, but uh, no, I think I think it would have been. I think what Anwar said was is going to be between Oli Grealish and him, right? To be fair to Jack Grealish, um, I'm not so sure how I rate him as a penalty taker, um, and for him to give the Big game changing. The thing is, Grealish lives for these moments, right? He lives for the pressure. He lives for yeah. he lives for right scoring the 90th minute for Villa, right? He'll do that, right? A local derby, but but he's only gonna give it to Anwar, and and and, and I have to give him respect for that because um, a, a lot of uh, a lot of teams they fuss over it, they argue over it, but Villa, you know, they they, they gave it to him. And he's he's been low on confidence. He's been very low on confidence ever since that uh, game against Stoke City, which to be fair didn't have a great game in. Uh, one who was shooting shooting from distance every time he, he had the chance, grasping at it, and a lot like Trezeguet was like recently. Um, but you've got to realize there's a narrative here. This is a guy who deleted his social media because of abuse from fans. Yeah, which Tyrone Mings this, actually addressed today, and fair enough to him. So he did. if you yeah, saw that, did. yeah. So like um, it, it's a give and take thing. Like I don't want to get too much into like social justice and twitter and all that stuff right now to be honest but like it has to be said like players have bad games they're only human and i i think there's this whole thing around especially just professional athletes in general where people look at them and think you can't make a mistake whether it be um in their sport or personal and it just happens and you see that a bit with Trezeguet too like there's been a i think he's blocked on how many people just for them even communicating with him because i think he's just tired of 
people having a go at them. And that was a lot last season more than it was this season, but I just wanted to add it in there. Mm-hmm. So carry on. <laughs> I, look, I mean, I, I feel so bad every time I pick out a negative in a player because you know what? Yeah. We, we can get frustrated as fans and we can turn around and go, that wasn't a good performance. They didn't try hard enough, whatever. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the manager sees those things. The manager's having those chats with them where you think that Anwar Ghazi doesn't realize that he's not putting enough away. You think Trezeguet doesn't realize that he needs to improve on his finishing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They know these things. They don't need, they don't need people giving them hassle about it. And I feel bad every time I put out any sort of negative analysis, but there's a difference. There's a difference between, there's a difference between criticizing a player. There's a difference between, um, between thinking about, you know, between talking about what areas of the game they need to improve on and damn right abusing them, which is what a lot of people did with that. Well, so. realistically, Danny, I think the best way to look at it from a fan's perspective, like, I don't know your footballing ability. You don't know mine. Like I'm pretty average. I don't think I'm that good um, at all. I just played like recreational and like a little bit of travel uh, soccer over here, quote unquote. You guys only play hockey over there anyway. Yeah, basically. No, like I did a bit of like traveling. I'll say soccer for American listen or Canadian listeners, whatever. I know British people hate that word, but anyways. Um, So I did like a little bit of that, but nothing like high end or anything by that means. But like, I I think a lot of people will take like a, uh, we'll say a Sunday league thing for our uh, UK and um, other areas of the world listeners that may experience that on a Sunday um, and look at that and think, okay, well, I've played the game even at a small level. So you have an understanding of how it's played and what the rules are and et cetera, et cetera. And I think they use that as almost a scapegoat to criticize players. When you think about it, they're 10 times better than us in terms of their ability. They're they're, they're a million times. We'll say they're living (laughs) our dream. So I think that's why the criticism comes at it. But at the same time, like, we're not there. They are. They've reached the heights that we just haven't, whether because of a number of different issues or reasons or whatever. So, like, at the end of the day, it's their life. Why have to make it personal? That's all I really wanted to say, I guess. I could have probably just said, why just not, just don't make it personal. But anyways, yeah. No, it was a good penalty. Yes. In, in the end, wasn't it? It was yes. It was the right decision. Anwar took that more confidently than I would have expected anybody else in the team to take it. This is the guy who's, you know, he's done it for us on big clutch moments before you forget about these things. Uh, fair play to him. I'm very happy for him. And I hope that he's been brought off the bench a lot more often in the last few games. And I hope that this means that we're going to see some more competition because Bertrand Traore, who look, we didn't even mention him in the podcast. And he's been getting, <laughs> he's been getting criticism because um, people don't believe he's, he's doing enough or creating enough. You know, maybe... Maybe Anwar Ghazi can stake a claim there. Yeah. Maybe maybe he can stake a claim to start again for Villa. But you know, um, it's going to take a few more performances off the bench, I think. But great, great to grab that late, uh, that late winner. Great to grab that. Yeah, it's gonna. I mean, I, I think Wolves Villa isn't. It, well, it's no, it's no Birmingham Villa. It's no West Brom Villa. It's. It, like I don't really classify it as like a deep seated rivalry. It's still a local. It still has little bragging rights. There's still going to be Wolves fans working with Villa fans just because of the region. 
Um, so anyways, it's going to send Villa fans uh, happily to work those who can. And of course, if you're doing Zoom <laughs> calls, yeah, right now, or um, <laughs> if you're doing it from home and you have calls with them, you can just rub it in their face there too. Of course, they can't abuse you physically there. So there's that too. But anyways, um, I just want to get quickly to the Twitter comments because I always forget to uh, mention, of course, if you want to tweet us, it's at 7500 Holtz. I always ask post-match what your thoughts are. And thank you to the I think 10 plus of you that have gone involved this week. It's always appreciated. And to be honest, a few of them are kind of going on the same thing. Uh, Jay Robinson says uh, Villa need to keep grinding out more wins like this. Uh, Martinez was outstanding game. Definitely got away um, from Mike Dean, but felt it was relatively even. I think there was another similar comment here. Um, (laughs) I like this one from uh, Tyrell furlough. Great to get back to winning ways. Mike Dean is, um, the epitome of look at me officiating. I don't understand how slash why he continues to get Premier League games um, and we'll finish it up with, Gosh. yeah, it's a little bit harsh, but I thought Gosh. it was funny. This one's a little bit interesting. Maybe we'll discuss this for a minute or two before we get to our uh, match balls and wrap things up, Danny. Uh, Jethro Dull uh says wolves put a ton of uh, good shots on that. Martinez was stellar, uh, needed to get, uh, needed to be get the feeling a Jimenez led Wolves attack would have been a different outcome. We'll happily take three road points. And I think that's another thing. It it adds to our um, impressive um, road record this season, which I think is now what four wins and maybe one loss, if I'm thinking correctly um, with the West Ham result. And it it just, it adds to confidence. I mean, the sheets. Yeah. I mean, the goals have, it's hard to say the goals have dried up a little bit, but they're getting closer. And I think you're going to see that the more the season goes on, you see that with a lot of clubs right now. I mean, look at Spurs. They're just grinding out one nils, two ones. Like it's their job. I mean, that's Marine Southampton. Southampton are grinding them out. Exactly. Well, I mean, except for today, but I think that's just Sheffield United, to be honest, Um, (laughs) to be fair. fair. So no, it's great to see that. And I mean, he, uh, he is right. I don't really know his actual name. I don't think it's Jethro, but anyways, um, I think if, if, if Jimenez was there, you're going to expect a lot more directness forward play up the middle to spread it out. Why that's what Jimenez is very good at. And they're very good at bringing it back into play into him in the middle. So it, a little bit of wrench in their plans, but nonetheless, it's, it's a brilliant three points. It's something that we can take and move on to uh, Burnley. Cause now we're going, I mean, I was looking at the schedule uh, yesterday and I'm thinking, Holy Christ, like this is when games come thick and fast. This is where it's a make or break for a lot of teams. So going into a quick succession of games with a lot of squad rotation, now that we won't have Dougie Louise for a game and Maddie cash, it's going to be interesting to see how we chop and change things. I mean, it's good, man. Mike, Mike Dean did a little bit of, uh, made a made a couple of the choices for um, Dean Smith, didn't they? Didn't he? Very did a lot kind of Dean Smith's job for him. Very kind. Because 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 look, realistically, you don't want the same eleven playing every single game. You you can't. You know you're gonna they're gonna burn out. You don't want that. You don't want injuries. You don't want these muscle um, injuries in particular. That's why the likes of Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola are kicking up a fuss about wanting five substitutes. It's because they're having to play so many games midweek. Um, I think that's partially why Jacob Ramsey was played. You know, go out there, show me that you're an option, show me that you can that you can start for us. I mean, I expect to see Nakamba in for Douglas realistically against Burnley. Is it the worst game to have Douglas Louise out? Probably not. To no, be honest, to be honest, right? it's probably a good breather. Because what we play Thursday and then. Is it Sunday, Saturday or Sunday again? I think. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm. I can't even I remember, to Sunday. be honest. Uh, 
seven it's hard Honestly, i can't a... remember look hang on i'll check for you right yeah. now okay well i'll keep talking anyways but uh um, no like i can tell you so it's okay. thursday sunday and saturday yeah yeah so i mean it's quick succession so it's not a bad thing and honestly it's not a bad thing for maddie cash either um that's gonna be an interesting one do we see elmo come in do we see gilbert come in because i think he just played for the under 23s today actually i think with tom heaton as well so uh, I okay. wonder what's going on there. So you yeah. might see him come back in. Uh, but anyways, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be changed anyways, like especially with a center back pairing, something's going to have to be changed. There's no way you can roll those those two for three games within almost like a 10-day span. So that's Gotta a lot Courtney of football. Got to give a game, right? Yeah. Got to give Courtney a game. To, to be honest, Burnley's probably a good game to do it. Um, I know they're... Is it though? Uh, to, Chris uh, Wood? Yeah, but don't we have... Do we have Palace right after? Is that the next one? We have Burnley and then we have West Brom. West Brom, sorry. Okay. I think Palace is coming West up Brom, West Brom can't, can't buy a point. Yeah. Well, the yeah, there, there's going to have so. to be rotation here soon because I'm really terrified that if Mings or Konza gets injured, um, <laughs> um, I mean, unless Angle some come, somehow comes back from wherever the hell he's been, um, we'll never know. Oh, it's all right. We've got another center back though, man. We've got El yeah. Mohamed here. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> I don't know how much I trust that, to be honest. <laughs> Here's an interesting stat, then we'll get to the match balls and wrap things up, Danny. I was just looking at the stats. So um, corners, Wolves had five, we had eight. They had 21 fouls, we had 14, yet we had the most cards in the game. I think they only had four, including a red, and we had, what, two, four, six, seven, including a red. Um, yeah, that doesn't that really seem... just kept stopping, man. It just yeah. Kept... I, oh, I wanted to watch football. <laughs> and just... Yeah, it was just so sludgy. Yeah, like no, I just the NFL. Yeah, I just I just wanted to bring up those stats. I thought those interesting. Fifty-two uh, percent possession. We only had forty-eight. Uh, they had nine off target to our eleven. Seven. Here's the interesting one. They've had seven on target. We had one. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think Emmy covered most of them, though. To be fair. To be yeah. Fair. So yeah. I mean, the last thing on this highlights board literally says penalty to Villa goal. So I think that summarizes the game. But Danny, uh, before we wrap things up, who do you give your match ball to? I feel like it's going to be the same for both of us. Yeah, it's Emmy Martinez. It's Emmy yeah. Martinez. Yeah, you can speak it's for six. both of us. I I don't think we need to summarize it twice. <laughs> Seven saves. It's got to be him. Like, and it was it was just nothing was getting past him. No. Nothing. I like just took the spirit out of them, didn't it? As well, like the way he just kept saving, and um, there was there was one moment where he was where he was caught, and that was when the young Fabio Silva kind of finessed it into the post. But other than that, yeah, he was brilliant. Just gave gave the defense a lot of confidence. To be fair, um, and I know we we had that discussion about Mings. Mings and Konza were on point. They played very very well, uh, and and that obviously helps give him uh, confidence. Cash and Target as well did very well. And yeah. you know what? Sometimes Villa need to get dirty. Sometimes Villa need to, you know, play that game, right? Um, can't just let them walk through all the time. So McGinn and Douglas Louise doing a very, very good job in that midfield to break up the play and and, and really f- have a fight with Wolves. Um, I never really thought we lost any control, but no. long-winded way of saying Emmy Martinez is the man of the match. Yeah, I, I, I'm not even going to say anything on it because what's the point of saying the same thing twice? But no, it's been a very, very positive uh, weekend. And of course, week for Villa, of course, um, forgot to mention earlier, John McGinn signed a five-year deal on Friday. So that's till 2023. 
2023, I think that runs. Or no, 2025. Was, what am I talking about? Um, yeah. Well, it's not, yeah, 2025. But that was the worst contract signing picture I've ever seen in my life. Well, apparently, Lange, or, or 2026, yeah, I don't even know math anymore. But anyways, um, yeah, I mean, Lange doesn't smile anymore. That's a little sad. Um, <laughs> I don't know if there's anything wrong there. Um, but uh, no, it, it's great to see. I mean, it's another step in terms of our progress, keeping players. Um, you know what? Maybe does that one extension keep Jack Grealish around for a little bit longer? Like... I don't know. It just shows we're building something regardless of what happens, especially there. It's great to see this club's finally going up in the right direction because I swear to God, ever since I started supporting this club, it's going the wrong direction. Um, so it's it's just, it's very nice to see. But uh, Imagine having a choice in choosing Villa. Yeah, I get asked that every friggin' week almost. when I, I always feel like when I go on uh, opposition podcasts, why? Like, you're in a little town um, in... Ontario, Canada, that has like twenty some thousand people. Why the hell, Villa? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, no. dude, just watch the Raptors, man. Like, what are you doing? Just ah, yeah. no, no, I, no. I had my no, basketball no. phase. I'm, I'm well over that. Oh, but, God. but that's you know, right now, uh, Villa is a good team to choose. Exactly. For anybody, you know, who who hasn't decided on a team yet, Villa is a good team right now. Yeah, we're that middle of the road team now, where it's like you're investing. Right, it's, you support now and then say that you supported us before we won the title. It's <laughs> good one. Uh, it, it's weird to say, and I just hit my mic again for the fifth time. Um, but uh, it, it's weird to say that um, supporting this club has been one of like the best and worst <laughs> decisions of my life. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's just football in general. I, I think a lot of us just have to learn it's give and take. You just have to enjoy the ride and hopefully fans will get down to Villa Park here soon. We get back some normality and yeah, I, I think that's just the main thing. I'm so envious. Like I was watching a bit of the palace game earlier against Spurs. And as soon as palace scored, it was like, I think there's only, what, 2,000 fans there, but you can hear them so clearly. What a difference even that makes. Like, that is huge. huge. So I, I can't wait to see that at Villa Park. I think it's going to be very, very emotional for a lot of people. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those ones, Fernando, as well, where just even watching on the TV, it's going gonna, it's gonna to give you a different reaction. Like, I watched them, Did you watch the Manchester Derby yesterday? No, 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 I didn't. So... So Thank God, because it didn't seem like it was, it was the, entertaining. It was the worst game of football I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> no, it's an exaggeration. But if you were to ask me now, I would say that because it's fresh in my head. Yeah. I, I Absolutely. By the end of it, I was so mad. Like, I was so mad. Like, I have I have shows I want to watch instead of football. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> Where was I going with this? I don't know. So at the end of the game, what is this podcast? At the end of, <laughs> at the, end of the game, right? The crowd noise. There's no, there's no fans there in Manchester. It's the tier three. The crowd noise. They were cheering. I was like, "Are you telling me Manchester United fans would have been cheering? No. After watching that, for all they'd have been asleep. Yeah. It was just ah, oh, it, it it puts you off. It puts you off because oh, it just makes you think. What are you talking about? I'm not playing FIFA. Um, yeah. But Villa Park will be rocking, man. Just gotta yeah. hope everybody keeps COVID free and like 
the virus doesn't spread over here. I honestly, I just hope so. Like at some point, I, I think actually, um, wasn't a vaccine. The first vaccine was given to a elderly woman yeah. in the UK. So it seems Correct. like we're going in the right direction, guys. We'll we'll wrap things up here in a minute because we're just going on about absolutely nothing at this point. But uh, no, it's going to be a great one. The sooner that happens, the sooner hopefully I can make a trip over there. Um, and I know as soon as I step inside there, I'm probably going to cry. <laughs> so oh, wait, before, <laughs> yeah. before before we finish, let's have a conversation about whether or not you should take the vaccine. Uh, no, let's not do that. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, yeah. it was satire. That was satire. Yeah, it's okay. Don't don't cancel us yet. I hope you guys enjoyed this. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Danny, if you don't have anything else, let's, let's wrap this podcast up because we've talked about literally everything um, aside from Villa too, so. We don't usually keep this going for, for, for so long. So. No, I mean, yeah. yeah, but whatever. It's nice to have a chat. I hope you guys enjoy these. It's it's supposed to be more of a chat, just kind of our thoughts and reactions to the game. It doesn't have to be um, super professional and to the point we enjoy chit-chatting. So hopefully you guys enjoy it as well. But of course, thanks to Danny for joining me. Of course, if you want to uh, find him on Twitter, it's at Razajurna. If you want to find me, Cole, on Twitter, it's at Talk Aston Villa. You can email us at holtcast at gmail.com the twitter of course is set at 7500 to holt we'll leave it there and of course up the villa When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.